Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Gallagher, Jr. Don't forget to get your copy of V.J. Trollio's book, Only One Shot. It's available on Amazon. And special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve on steveazar.com. Today I have Hunter Walcott, one of the up-and-coming college players. He plays at the University of Tennessee. His dad, Bob, was one of the top junior players, college players, played on the PGA Tour, one of my dear friends. And he's passed on a lot of those great, all that knowledge to Hunter. And Hunter's not only grown as a player, he's grown as a man. And I'm looking forward to getting his story out to y'all. It's a great podcast. And uh, let's see if we can get Hunter on the phone. All right, I've got Hunter Walcott on the phone. Hunter, thanks for spending some time with me this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, this conversation. Yeah, I've known your dad, as you know, for gosh, almost 40 years, dating back to the junior golf days. But what was it like growing up under his watchful eye, knowing he had such a great college career, junior career, I should say, starting there and then on to the PGA Tour? What was that like growing up, uh, having your dad with all that success for you? Um, It was it was definitely, um, a, like, I loved it and I hated it sometimes. Um, he had a lot of knowledge for us. But with that, he kind of wanted us to succeed a little too much, Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing, but very, very tough on us from an early age. But um, he he was just a very competitive guy and um, enjoyed every little bit of inside knowledge I can get from him now. I'll try to swallow it up now, but back then it was a little tougher. Um, He just kind of wanted us to reflect on bad rounds a little bit more. And I mean, you know, as a golfer, when you play bad, sometimes you don't want to talk about those, but he definitely paved a, a great path for me and been to follow behind. And I mean, I'm very blessed, lucky to have him. I mean, just to give you a little bit of a story about how competitive he is, we were playing junior pro football and uh, we were in the playoffs playing this team. We went to overtime. And so we're, I'm not the throwing quarterback at the time. I'm just the running quarterback. So I'm in and I'm supposed to throw the ball. I throw this like five yard out past this dude. He runs in. Hey, my dad's the first first parent on the field jumping up and down screaming. So, I mean, it was just kind of – He's the, that was just kind of how he grew up. I mean, he was just real competitive, wanted to win in everything we did, and he kind of – he passed it down to me and Ben. Yeah, he's he's that dad. I've got a daughter like that. My oldest is going to be just like that. I'm, I'm a little like that myself. So I, I think we're just wanting to do the best, and, and we got to be – you know, I think sometimes we get carried away – and my girls would tell you that, even Thomas, when he was playing, that we'd talk about those rounds that weren't maybe something you wanted to talk about. It's like, Dad, can we just talk about something positive or something good? And 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 it is tough when you're a kid. I think as you get older, you realize my dad did the same thing to me. I think you just realize they're trying to help. But as a parent, and that's kind of why we're doing I'm doing this podcast, is to kind of get that information out there for not only the kids, but also for the parents to just be aware of that uh, and, and be careful that it doesn't mm-hmm. – become about the parent and it's still about the kid uh, and but uh when you've got competitive parents i think that's that's just kind of how we we roll with it but you mentioned ben your brother he played at Ole miss also a good player what was that like growing up with a, a brother that was really good and both of y'all obviously were very competitive Did y'all have some pretty pretty cool matches to go at it head to head um I, we really didn't have a lot of close matches when we were growing up it was kind of i was uh, I was really far behind, and he was really far ahead. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of me just always trying to play catch-up. But, I mean, it was awesome to have him as an older brother. He's kind of the reason I played golf. Once I saw him getting kind of college recruitment, 
and I realized that he was going to be good enough to go play Division One golf. I kind of started to take golf a little bit more serious. And he was he's three years older than me, so we only had one year together in high school. And, I mean, I didn't beat him. In my, I remember the first turn I beat him at Southern Junior uh, Country Club of Virginia over in Richmond. Oh, I mean, I, you would have thought I won the Masters. I was running <laughs> around that property like, I mean, there was no other. And I think I beat him shooting like a 75. It wasn't, he had a bad day. It wasn't even like I played great. But, I mean, it was always great to have, to be chasing him. He, I mean, our games don't really stimulate very well, but I think that's kind of how we were able to get better. I'm a, I, I hit it long and hard and uh, hit it usually pretty solid. And then he's kind of just a short game. Like, he chips and puts the ball really well. So it was really good to, for him to kind of teach me that side of the game growing up. And I was able to kind of help him as far as swing-wise goes. So there was a lot of give and take for us. And it was definitely a great thing to have with an older brother playing. And then I have a twin brother who doesn't really play golf, but he's very competitive like my dad. So he kind of always kept me and Ben, just our competitive juices flowing. I mean, whether we were in the yard throwing football or we were shooting basketball, we were just always competing. Yeah, Collier played uh, football in Middle Tennessee State before he saw the light and came to Knoxville, as I always tease your dad about. But, uh, yeah, it's cool to have that. I think my little brother, Jeff, who played the tour and all that stuff, he would say the same thing, that he learned a lot watching me play. But it was also completely different games. And, and, and they got we got heated a few times. And, when, you know, he finally beat me. We were actually on tour uh, at Pebble Beach. Now, he'll claim that he actually beat me the year it got rained out. He was beating me at the time, but the tournament got washed out, so it didn't count in my mind. But, you know, Absolutely. it's just what the older brother does. you got to keep that younger brother down. But, you know, I, I would say this. I was still proud of him, and I, I cheered for him. But I always asked, and I probably i am going to ask you this, too. If you were and Ben were going down the last hole, uh, tied for the lead to win your first PGA Tour event, what would – you would obviously want to beat him. That's what I always told uh, everybody. What would that What would that be like if that would happen? Uh, I mean, I would just tell him on the feed, like, hey, I ain't giving it to you, <laughs> and you ain't giving it to me, so you better just go earn it. I mean, we, we obviously would love to see each other succeed at that level, but, I mean, we're competitors at the end of the day, and we both want to win, and we know how, golf, how cutthroat golf is, so we'd probably just both try to go out there and birdie that hole or – I mean, just win the golf tournament and no, no easing up on each other. I like that. So, I mean, we're we're each other's we're each other's best friends. So I mean, we, if he was to win, I mean, I'm still going to be there, happy for him, and vice versa. I mean, we we text each other all the time after tournaments. Just we're each other's biggest fans. So it's definitely going to be a cool situation. Hopefully, in the future that we can ha- maybe have an experience like that. Yeah, I think that's 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 a great way of answering it. I mean, your your brothers have been bloods thicker than than water, as they say, but there's no question that if you got down there, you're trying to beat him, he's trying to beat you, and that's what you would expect. That's what your dad would want. That's what you guys would want, and and uh, hopefully someday we get to see that. Uh, but it's always fun to watch the brothers and the rivalries, but in deep down, they still pull for each other, and that's the cool part. But you mentioned Ben going through the process of, of colleges. Tell us, kind of take us through your process of you know picking out a college and where, why you chose Tennessee. Yeah, I, um, I was sort of highly recruited in the area, but not highly recruited on a national stage. I just played a bunch of local tournaments. I didn't really get into the AJGA. I would play like one if it was within a four-hour drive. And I um, I kind of took a Braden Thornberry route, just wanted to have a lot of success at a local level and not 
I mean, Braden ended up having a lot of success at the national level. Um, he was ended up being like number one junior in the world. But I just wanted to play a lot of local tournaments and and win and compete to win. And I did that and got some got some looks from Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. Um, a couple ACC schools had interests. Never went on a visit, but I kind of narrowed it down to Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Ole Miss. And when I came up here, I just knew that. They needed a good player, and I was going to be able to come right in and play four years of solid golf, and that's kind of what I wanted. I got here, and it didn't really live up to the expectation immediately, but, I mean, it's been a complete 180 since Coach Webb's gotten here, and, I mean, he's just instilled so much belief in me as a player. I think that's the biggest thing is I, if I had to redo the college decision-making is finding a coach that just believes in me more than anything else would probably be the biggest thing. Cause when I got here, I, I had some self doubt. I mean, that first year of college, you're, it, everything's new. You don't know exactly who you're going to hang out with. You don't know who on the team is going to be your friend, who you might be rivaling with on the team, but you're just trying to figure something out. So you kind of come in with open arms and the, the coaches were, were very solid at, you know, getting the team together for practices, but they weren't like great at like, Hey, Hunter Walcott, let's go out there and be Hunter Walcott instead of let's try to be Luke Donald, Dustin Johnson, and Rory all at the same time. And so we just – I had some identity issues at first, but now that Coach Webb's here, he just instills trust in me and belief that I believe that my game is good enough at the end of the day, so I'm just going to go out and do that. And, I mean, for any future college golfer that's kind of going through that process, just – I mean, finding a coach that you can – mesh well with is basically everything you need i mean those guys on the team are going to be there for two three years maybe but that coach is going to be there for all four and he's going to impact your day impact your life every single day whether it's morning workouts whether it's afternoon practices he's going to be the person that's kind of guiding you through that process so you definitely have to find a good mesh with the college coach. Wow, that is so well said. I swear, folks that are listening to this, he does not have the questions in front of him. Uh, that was a great answer, and that's <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted to hear, because I was going to go back, not that we want to relive the past, but you, you answered everything, and where you struggled that first year, I think every kid goes through that, because you're away from home for the first time. You're, you're kind of making decisions on your own. You're now with a team, and I think uh, the hardest thing is for a, a person when and you played team sports, and I think that was very important for you to do that. I, I think you probably agree with that. But now you're an individual, but you're playing on a team, and that's a hard thing to deal with, to juggle. You might even be playing against your roommate in the qualifier, and, and I think that's one of the hard things to do is to kind of put that into mind at such a young age. Hey, I'm trying to beat my roommate, but now i got to turn around and go back and live with him. That's a hard thing to juggle, isn't it? Absolutely. I um... – I remember a specific time my freshman year, we went and played, and it came down to me and my roommate for the final spot for a tournament. He ended up winning the spot, and I just remember that dinner that night. Like, I was unbearable. I was being rude to the waitress. I wasn't talking much, and I kind of I let the golf kind of come off the golf course, but, I mean, it's just so easy for that situation to happen where, I mean, I'm not necessarily mad at my roommate, but I'm so mad at myself for missing this tournament that I'm not even going to be able to be a good friend or a good teammate to this person that I'm having to live with because it does get tense and it does, you, you do want to succeed so bad, but then that rivalry starts to come. You're competing every single day and 
I think now you just have to be able to take a step back and realize, okay, like I'm not worried about so much as like going to the tournament. I'm just worried about how can my game translate over the course of 365 days this time next year, what's my game going to look like? So what if I miss the tournament in a random place in South Carolina, I'm just trying to get better every single day. And, um, once I started to do that, I was, I felt like I was a way better teammate to all my guys. Um, because at first, yeah, it was just unbearable when you're losing and you've got to go have dinner with these guys. You got to live with them and try to put up with, you know, those roommate issues because they do pop up. Not every roommate's perfect. So you might get a little agitated at times, but it makes it a lot worse when you're super mad coming off the golf course. So just being able to detach from the situation and handle your roommates like, you know, they're your teammate, they're your friend. And so it's definitely a learning curve that I had to go through. And, I definitely say it was it was one for the better because it's just kind of one of those things you're gonna have to deal with the whole, your whole life, whether you're bringing golf off the golf course, or you're letting golf stay on the golf course. Yeah, that's well said. I, I remember talking to Coach Webb, and I, and and you can kind of go back through it. I, I'm just kind of paraphrasing this, but I, I think he approached you and said, you know, Hunter, I heard you're hard to coach and blah blah blah. I went through all the things he said, but I want you to know, do you want to be a three time All American? Do you want to succeed? Uh, and I think that's probably what sparked you. Like you said, it was just kind of hearing something different, uh, nothing against the other coaches, but just somebody that saw potential in you. And, and that's, there's no perfect coach. There's no perfect situation, but someone who can kind of push you a little bit. I think I've done a podcast with Hal Sutton where he talks about, you know, even parents are your best friends that, yeah, you, you, everybody wants to hear what you want to hear, but it's your true friends mm-hmm. or a true coach. It tells you the truth. And kind of, you know, sparks something and kind of says, hey, you're this good. Do you want to be this good? If you do, let's let's go do it. And I think I think that's what you saw from Coach Webb. I think he really helped you a lot. And uh, and, you, and I saw a turnaround in you as a, as a person, too. And, I, and we all grow. We all grow as we continue on. And, and you had uh, – you, you redshirted that one year. What was it like having to redshirt the one year? Was that tough to just sit back not being able to compete? Um, yeah, it was definitely difficult. The decision was a little bit more based on the coaching staff at the time. I was not. I was. I was very unhappy with the situation here at UT, and I decided. Me and my dad decided that it would be best if I just took the fall semester off. That way, if I wanted to do a spring transfer, I had the. I wasn't going to lose an entire year of eligibility if I took that fall off and declared it as a red shirt. So, initially, I declared that red shirt to transfer, and. It is so, I mean, God just works in a magical way that Coach Webb got the job up at UT. And, I mean, I feel like my life's going to change because of it, whether I'm playing professional golf or whether I'm just going to go into an everyday business life. I'm just, I'm a better man because of how Coach Webb has coached me in, in my time at UT. I mean, I'm maturing more than I ever have in my life thanks to him. And he just allows me to see that and, that conversation, the very first conversation that you just kind of talked about where he sat me down on the range. Yeah, I was, I was probably a stubborn 19, 20 year old kid who thought I had it figured out that I didn't need coaching. But when you have a coach that just says, Hey, like I'm here to help you. I'm not here to be your enemy. I'm not here to purposely leave you on the, on the couch while we travel. Like I'm here for the 100% expense of Hunter Walcott to be the best golfer he can be like that's definitely a conversation that when you hear I mean I want to work my ass off for that guy now Mm -hmm. like I didn't know I didn't know him for five minutes but 
I wanted to work as hard as I could just from that one simple conversation. And so having that happen right after the red shirt year, I mean, I, I was just so inching at the bits to play golf for the university of Tennessee. And I mean, and now I've had a solid two and a half or five semesters of golf under my belt with coach Webb. And I mean, we're, we're not looking back now. We're just moving forward from this point. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you stayed. And it, 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 that's, this is great advice for coaches out there too, because you're going to butt heads with your players. Uh, and it's never, it's just like you said with your dad. I mean, he's telling you stuff and, and you kind of going through those growing pains at a young age, but you have an incredible, the years get mixed up because of, you know, COVID and in the red shirt in there, but you had the year where you won, you had four top tens. It was an incredible year and you saw the team growing as well. How much fun was that 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 year? I think it was the I'm, I'm getting my years correct, but I think it's when Coach Webb took over the first tournament. Y'all beat probably one of the strongest fields in golf the opening tournament, and they went on quite a roll as a team, didn't you? Yes, sir. We won the uh, Carpet Capital down in Dalton. Bunch of good, solid teams there in a playoff with Georgia Tech, and he just kind of he told us in the van. I mean, we had no expectations for the week. We did. We qualified for all five spots because Coach Webb really just didn't know the team well enough qualified for all five spots. We felt like we had a really good team on the road. And he just kind of told us, like, hey, I don't know how you've been coached before. I don't know how we're going to be coached in the future. But right now, just no expectations. Go play. Whatever they add up to, they add up to. And then we were leading after the first round. And he's like, hey, that's how you just need to play every time. You don't need to have these mixed emotions about whether you're playing good or bad. Just go out there leave it out there. We're going to add them up at the end and – we ended up going into a playoff with um, Georgia Tech, and it was so cool because one of our Jake Mainhorse was one of my was actually the roommate that I kind of got in that feud with in the <laughs> in the qualifier for the one spot, and he has it on the 18th hole. He's got to get up and down from just off the green for us to tie to go to this playoff, and every single one of us on our team are sitting on the hill like, hey, if there's one guy on our team that has to get up and down, we want this guy right here. I mean, amazing short game. And I think he almost chipped it in. He had to play like an inch. And so, I mean, it was such a fun week. That definitely goes back to one of my favorite wins we've had here at college just because it kind of just sparked like a, sparked like a new age here. I mean, and then we go on to win the next tournament in Inverness. And we just didn't really have expectations that even after winning the first tournament. We were just still kind of going out playing our golf. And, we knew, and then we figured out that our golf was going to be good enough. And – I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about enough is they think they've got to play some new level of golf if you're playing in good fields. You've got to play some new – you've got to career it just to finish top ten. But, I mean, your level of golf over the course of 54 holes is going to be good enough if you just believe in yourself. You don't have to go out there and play perfect. You don't have to go out there and do amazing things because you just have to go play your game, not get confused with what other people are doing. And at the end of the day, you add them up. If you win, you win. If you don't, you don't, and you get better. Yeah. I mean, you're, we're going to learn more at the, t- the times we don't win and the times we have those tough struggle weeks where you're finishing 40th. You learn a little bit more about yourself and your grit than you do winning that tournament. But it definitely does mean something when you do win and all that hard work starts to show off. Absolutely. I mean, I keep referring back to Hal Sutton because I think that's one of the 
my best podcast I did. It's so informative. This just like this one is big time informative. He talks about your own personal journey, and it, and he talked about himself. He was the number one amateur. He gets it on tour, wins a couple of events, wins the PGA, and all of a sudden they're comparing him to Jack Nicklaus. He says, "I can't be compared to Jack Nicklaus. I'm Hal Sutton. I can't. I mean, Jack Nicklaus is arguably the best player ever. So you and I think even even this year you have, you know, you have these great years, and now you have to follow it up." And your teammates are going to go through this where they start putting pressure on themselves to perform at an expectation even higher than they have because they're worried about sometimes what the other people. I went through it playing on tour. Uh, you know, I, I played in the Ryder Cup, and then the next year all of a sudden, oh, i got to play like I was on the Ryder Cup team. And I just had a horrible 94. And in 95, I kind of, like you said, no expectations, came out, had another really good year, won a couple times, and then I did it again to myself. And you suffocate yourself when you put that pressure on yourself, trying to live up to other people's expectations and even your own. It's okay to have goals, but you can really suffocate yourself if you're not careful with that. So that was really well said. I think for the team, I remember when we won the SEC in 80, it was the coolest thing to be part of that as a team. Because you knew you put the hard work in there. And we were a team that nobody, we were just a bunch of young kids that nobody expected us uh, to win. It's kind of like I told you, uh, you guys, a couple or a year or so ago. I mean, now everybody knows the University of Tennessee can play golf and they better watch out. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what you keep working for. And you can't ever get, you know, sitting on your, on your laurels and, and sitting back, but you just got to keep working hard and try to do the best you can and be driven and try to take those expectations off. But I, I think that's that's well said. But one of the coolest things, I think, for Coach Webb is uh, we came in for our reunion, and he wanted to name the most valuable player after me, which is totally honoring. And and I was like, sure, uh, that'd be awesome. I never really thought much about it. And then all of a sudden, you get the most valuable player award that year. And I was just like, like you said, it's a God thing. It was like, oh, my gosh, one of my dearest friends growing up in junior golf, I'm handing him this trophy named after me. It was such a cool night, and I was so proud of you. And when you look back at you know some of those challenges, and you look back what you accomplished, you got to be pretty proud of yourself. And without just you know you're not bragging, but you got to be pretty proud of yourself and all the hard work you put into it to to be where you are now. Oh, absolutely. I, it was I was very honored to be the first um, Jim Gallagher Junior Award winner. Um, I mean, I still have the trophy. I look at it every day, and it, it just kind of it's one of those trophies that I look at that it, it's, it's kind of like, man, this hard work is like, it just, it pictures hard work to me because I, I had that good year purely off of kind of coach Webb's help. And I was working my butt off. And then I won, I finished second team, all SEC, all region player. And I mean that the trophy that you handed me still just kind of means a little bit more because it was just like my teammates believed in me that year. Um, my teammates really kind of helped me through that year. And I mean, they're my biggest fans and supporters and to be able to lead them the way that I was able to that year and the the way that our team was able to play that entire calendar year. I mean, it just meant so much, uh, coming from a guy that potentially wanted to transfer out of here to now, I feel like I'm going to be, I'm indebted to Tennessee golf for the rest of my life for the experience I'm getting in this short time. I mean, it's just a complete 180 and, kind of I mean God's been working in my life here and I'm just so happy that I decided to stay here I'm so happy that I didn't ever give the game up I mean there's those dark days where you kind of just question if you're even going to play the game of golf anymore but I'm so glad that I didn't let that get to me and I just continued to put my head down work hard and I mean 
and then that's kind of those expectations come. I, I didn't have a good year the year after, but I just kind of when I think about what I did in that year that I played really solid, it was I just worked hard, and that's what got me to a certain point. And kind of Coach Webb's kind of helping me see that this year is, hey, we still have to work hard if we're going to play good golf. So just continuing to do that, and once those expectations kind of get a little higher and a little loftier, then just work even harder and just continue to – work up the ladder with my hard work and not with my expectation and not with just unrealistic goals that I have that people might have for me or that I might have for myself, but just trying to punch the time card every single day to get a little bit better at this journey of the game. Because I mean, if you try to compare yourself day to day, it's just going to be a mess of a game for yourself. And so I kind of, that's to answer your question in a very long way. That's kind of just one of those milestones for me that, winning that award, getting it handed to for, uh, by you. I mean, that was just a big milestone in my collegiate career. Well, you know, the coolest part is we got to pick on your dad about making a horrible decision and going to Georgia. That was the funnest part. And then oh, yeah. Georgia beat us that night in football. So our little bragging rights went away <laughs> pretty quick. But, you know, you mentioned last season and it got cut off short because of COVID. And you guys win the last tournament. You actually end up being the last tournament out in San Diego. You're riding this high. Take us through those emotions and, and when Coach Webb had to sit down and said, hey, the season's canceled. I mean, you guys had to be just like almost devastated to hear that because you were on such a great roll. Yeah, we we were on – I mean, it was kind of one of those years where we were struggling to kind of find an identity. We weren't really getting five scores all together. We were kind of getting three, kind of getting four. Had a close run at Inverness, had a close run at DTSU's tournament but we just were struggling to kind of put all our scores together. We go out there and I mean, we kind of went a couple days early, went and played Tory Pines, went around the link soul factory, played John Ashworth's courts, course, goat Hill park. We rode downtown on these like big scooter things. And we just were having a great time that week. And then it happened that we ended up winning and playing great golf. Coach Webb didn't red eye us back. He, we stayed the night and then flew home the next morning. So it's just, it was like one of those weeks that everything went well. And so for us to win the tournament against team, Coach Webb kind of told us going into the last round, I think Texas A&M was close, Arizona State, um, I want to say like North Carolina maybe, but like, and he was, he just kind of said, hey, these are teams that make the, make match play at the NCAA and y'all hanging with them. Y'all go show them that we're here to make match play. We're here to be contenders. And so for us to kind of go out there with these big teams, go out there and win the tournament, I mean, we were so pumped because then we're looking forward to now We, if we just can get to regionals, can get by regionals, we're a good enough team on a national stage that we might win this thing. So and we were finally clicking. We had our five guys that we kind of knew who our, who our solo or our identity was. And it was definitely a tough conversation. I remember getting back and he just kind of said, we're delaying or I think, I mean, it was in a matter of like an hour. Right. He just says, all right, our t- we have like a two-week break. So then it goes from a two-week break to now we're not playing any golf all in like an hour. And, I mean, it was devastating. And then by the end of the hour, we have to realize, like, we're going home. We can't even stay in Knoxville. I mean, it was definitely a tough conversation, rough way to end it. I'm glad that all the senior golfers across – the NCAA got that year back because, I mean, that would have been a terrible way to end it. I thankfully still had another year for my red shirt, but, I mean, 
that would have been my senior year if I didn't decide to redshirt. And I'm really glad that they're giving everybody that op- giving everybody the opportunity to continue to play some more golf because, I mean, it's such a weird thing that we're going through right now. And I don't. I mean, it just it's kind of changing the world. But I'm just really glad that everybody's still getting those opportunities. And I mean, we kind of took once we got our opportunity. I mean, in Arkansas, we kind of just showed that we we were hungry, we were ready to play some golf, and we're we're not going to leave it too far behind we kind of picked up where we left off we've had a pretty good fall we obviously haven't won this fall but we're looking forward to go win in the spring and try to compete for an SEC championship and a national championship take us back to the blessings <laughs> really off hard golf course and so we'll get into your game a little bit but take us back to that now you're playing in front of cameras and, and you've in and, and of course the producer uh, is a big time Tennessee fan Brant Packer and it's not like he showed favoritism but he did uh and then all of a sudden y'all y'all lived up to that what was that like playing in front of the cameras in front of the national stage? Because, you know, as you know, we're all any, – any sport that's on there, mm-hmm. golf is really kind of just taken – skyrocketed with COVID. If there's anything good coming out of it that we've been able to do that. What was that like playing in front of the cameras and then playing so well? Yeah, um, the cameras – I had, I probably had my first, like, real experience with cameras at the USAM. Oh, yeah. Um so made match play at the USAM and one of my matches, the end of my matches uh, was on TV. So that wasn't like my first time. And I noticed then that like, even if in Arkansas, it kind of gives me an opportunity to just stay really relaxed. I feel like I play, I don't play good when I'm kind of up and down with my emotions, but when there's a camera there, I don't want to act out in front of a camera. I don't want to be doing crazy fist bumps or, you know, I'm trying to keep a really calm, cool, collected look for myself because that's kind of the appearance I have in my golf game is I just want to be tough on the golf course. I don't want anybody to know what's going through my mind, whether I'm not over or not under. And so having that camera there almost kind of helps me. Coach Webb kind of told me this week after I had a rough week in Vanderbilt, he's just like, play like there's cameras watching you because you stay super in the moment when that, when that happens. So it was, it was definitely a cool situation. And it's kind of one of those deals where I made like a really long putt in the middle of the round and I never thought it was going to be on camera, but it ended up going in. And I think it may, might have even went to like Sports Center top ten. But I mean, it was definitely cool because they get to capture that. And not every day in college golf, if, if you have a cool shot like that, does it get captured? So I, I really enjoyed it. Me and Bryce Lewis on on my team, we were talking like, hey, I wish they'd do more TV coverage of us because it's really cool to kind of play in front of it and let other you know let spectators know that college golfers are pretty good at golf and that we're kind of the next upcoming level and that they should look out for us in the future. So I, th- I think it's pretty cool. What was it like playing with all five of you in the same group? Cause normally you're playing with, you know, two other teams or three other teams or whatever. What was that like playing? I know for the coaches it's a lot easier to coach, but did you have a hard time? Sometimes, sometimes you get with your teammates, you re- but you said you like to relax and that made you play better. What was that like playing with all five guys at the same time? I, I enjoyed it. I think we, from the very first moment that we knew we were going to play all five, we tr- we just immediately tried to see it as an advantage. Um, obviously, it happened to a couple teams. There were some wrong balls hit, but that never really came into our uh, mindset. We were just trying to stay really positive on the outlooks of playing with all five guys, that we could draw energy from each other, that we were going to be able to help people at like after a bogey, kind of you know get them get them right back off the train, kind of get them ready to go hit the next golf shot. So. Our coaches didn't have to go flying around par threes, par fives to figure out, and that's a that's a hard golf course. So 
I feel like if you're a coach and you're not playing five in a group, you're running around scrambling because there's so many hard shots. Somebody's going to be in a rough situation that needs help out of. And so for us to all be there together and then they don't have to rush around trying to figure out numbers. They can just kind of be relaxed in our group. It definitely, it definitely helped us. We, we definitely saw the advantages and gained some advantages. Like our first round, we had a lot of energy coming in and I think we made three birdies on the 18th green. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of one of those, it was just kind of one of those moments like, wow, like I truly believe those birdies came because we were just positive all day. We just kind of kept telling ourselves, Hey, some of these putts aren't falling. Some of them are, but let's just keep going. Kind of reminds you. The second day, kind of. Kind of like football. Kind of like when you were on a football team or basketball team. You kind of encouraging each other out there where you usually aren't able to do that. I'm sure that was a big part of that. But you had a chance to win. Did you know where you stood coming in those last couple holes? Um, I did not. I. It was a, such a weird situation because the kid had such a big lead. Um, the cameras, I kind of figured that the cameras come and go with your score and kind of we were midway through the back nine and we weren't really getting any camera love is what I'd, I'd say <laughs> so I kind of knew like okay maybe our team's out of it um this kid's got to be running away with it I didn't have it I, wa I wasn't even having like a great day I mean I was close to par all day um but I just kind of kept sticking it out um and I got in that back nine and it was kind of one of those nines where our coach Webb told us on the 10th tee, like, let's just go have nine good holes of golf and we might continue to win this golf tournament. So I just kind of went into one of those zone states. And I mean, I, I don't even know what really happened on nine or on eight of the holes because I was just so in the zone trying to just hit every golf shot the way I wanted to not let up. And with the cameras being there, um, they kind of came on 16. I missed a soup, I missed a pretty like, 28 footer that horseshoe back at me mm -hmm. and then when i missed that i was like okay like you know we'll just 17 the hard part three to just make par try to give ourselves a look at the last hole and maybe finish top five i, I had no clue where i was cause i figured some guys were going to be at six or seven that dude was going to be like at 11 or something so i had no idea where i was i just wanted to kind of put together some good holes for my teammates to maybe help our finish didn't know where our team stood do you want to know? Do you want to know where you stand when you're playing in, in a situation like that? Would you like your coaches to tell you that, or do you just want to keep playing and, and not pay attention to it? Because I know there's scoreboard watchers and there's not, but college golf there really aren't any scoreboards. So, do you want to know how you stand, or is it doesn't make any difference to you? Don't change any uh, the way you pl uh, play. I mean, me and Coach Webb kind of talked about it. So on that 18th green or that 18th hole, it's kind of cameras all over, and I think not knowing kind of gave me a little bit more anxiety, mm. but if, but I think it was more, more of like, I just didn't know whether I needed to make a birdie to win. I didn't know if I needed two putt to win. I didn't know if I had a putt to win, but I think that knowing in that situation that I needed a, well, they had my score wrong in the first they place. Did. So if I, if I, if I birdie, I outright or I tie the kid and I end up winning. So, but if I would have known that, I have a little bit less anxiety and I know what I need to do. Um, I can kind of maybe be more aggressive with my 35 footer that I had instead of trying to lag it up there. Um, I, I would like to know just because I want to know what I need to do. I, I, I mean, if you're on the 18th green and you only need a par and you're trying to ram a birdie putt because you think you need the birdie, I, I think that would just be a tough way to, to end a tournament. But I, I would love to know coming down the stretch just because I feel like when I know what I needs to be done, whether that's birdie, par, sometimes even a bogey, if you're Tiger Woods at the Masters, I mean, 
I think knowing where you are definitely kind of gives you an advantage if you can handle the pressure because obviously knowing where you're at comes with a great deal of emotion, comes with a great deal of pressure. If you've got a one-shot lead on the last hole to win a PGA Tour tournament, there's a lot of pressure there. So I think it's definitely one of those things where you need to understand how you're going to cope with your pressure, how you're going to cope with the emotions. And if you're in a good zone state to handle all that emotion coming your way, then I definitely think it's an advantage to know. Well, I like the fact that there's no anxiety because that's what you don't want as a player is anxiety. I don't mind knowing. I always kind of wanted to know uh, because the last thing you want is anxiety and trying to – because it takes your focus off what you're trying to do. You're not you're not trying to hit the shots yeah. you're trying to hit. But I remember I've watched you hit balls a bunch, and you, you just absolutely murder it. I got to put two of my drives together to get to one of yours. But do you guys work <laughs> out a bunch? And, and what's a typical workout uh, for you guys? Because I think that's one of the things we're seeing changing now uh, in golf is, 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 is golfers are working out a bunch. Y'all go through some pretty good heavy workouts uh, in the mornings uh, at uh, UT, don't you? Yeah, this all-season – the all-season workouts are a lot – more strenuous than the end season obviously trying to protect people from injuries but we definitely do a lot to protect our bodies our strength coach greg adamson is really good about maintaining our flexibility maintaining um our range of motion so we're not you know losing any of that while we're also trying to get stronger so we spend probably the first half of every workout stretching getting really loose doing some um, lighter exercises that are kind of helping that range of motion and flexibility. And then as our bodies kind of warm up, we start moving into some more Olympic lifts, doing some squats, some hang cleans, some deadlifts, front squats. Um, it's definitely one of those things where if you're into working out, you can really put on some pounds. I'm kind of in the season, I'm kind of just trying to maintain, but this all season, I'm, I'm going to try to put on a couple more pounds. So I'll be, I'll have the, ability to do that but yeah we definitely have some hard workouts just some of them are mental prep some of them are physical prep and um it's definitely one of those things where i think everybody's kind of moving that way so just having the ability to learn and take that knowledge of knowing how our bodies work and knowing what works best for the individual and how to put weight on how to lose weight how to maintain how to get stronger in certain areas we do a lot of explosive um exercises just trying to be moving fast fast twitch is what they say and um, I think the more you can get that, the more explosiveness you have and the further you can hit it. I was just about to ask that question. I knew you'd answer it for me because you're such a smart kid and you don't have the answer, the questions or the <laughs> answers. But that's exactly – I'm trying to figure out – the other day we were up there and, and uh, I had Coach Andrews out there with me. I said, I'm going to do my inner hunter wall cut. And I swung as possibly as hard as a 59-and-a-half-year-old man could. <laughs> I busted that sucker out there at 107 out, miles an hour, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they hit their three irons that far. So uh, it, <laughs> so enjoy your speed and your club head speed and your ball speed, but it, it, it is – the game's really changed a lot, and you're right, working out. Because when we were younger, working out – oh, well, don't work out. Don't work out. You'll pick up these – build up these muscles. And, and I think it's important to have the right workout guy that understands golf, that understands mm-hmm. what the golf swing somewhat. Because you can do the wrong things or you can get hurt. There's so many kids get hurt working out because either they're not doing it right or they don't know what their body can actually do. You played a lot of sports, so you were kind of used to that. But I I think that's the direction we're going. Everybody wants to hit it far. Uh, The game's changing, and the equipment's made such a a big uh, improvement. But it's fun to watch you guys play, and I always tell the guys, you know, they're talking about, let's dial the ball back. I said, man, why don't we just sit back and enjoy how good – the professionals mm-hmm. are the corn fairy tour, uh, the college kids, 
because they're good and you guys put a lot of time in and it's a job. And, and I'll kind of end it on this when, you know, when you go to college, everybody thinks, Oh yeah, I'm going to play all these tournaments, travel all over. It's a job, isn't it? When you're there trying to keep up with school and, and balance all those things. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that helps me is we have some pretty good athletic or academic people that help us out with our, schoolwork and teachers are usually pretty understanding because I mean a typical day we're up super early working out and then you're doing class all morning until that mid I mean midday noon one and you're practicing until the sun goes down basically so then once you get done with that you're trying to study that night for maybe a test coming up or you, or you I mean you have a very limited amount of time for a social life even outside of COVID I mean every single day from Monday to Sunday we're you're you're putting in more way more hours than a nine to five because I mean we're up at five. You're leaving the golf course at seven o'clock. I mean it it's it. I think golf you definitely acquire more hours than any other sport just because if you want to be good at this game you got to go way above what they're requiring you. I mean they require like three a day or something. If you're only putting in three hours a day, that's not an SEC effort. So you definitely got to put in more. And um, to kind of go on what you said about dialing the ball back. I I kind of um, I kind of agree with you. Like, you're not moving the three-point um, line back just because uh-uh. Steph Curry's making more threes. They're just scoring more points, and it's fun to watch that. I think I agree with you. I think it's way more fun to watch guys shoot 25 under and driving on greens. And, I mean, it takes a lot of skill to do that. It's not just like these guys are, you know, point shoot. It takes a lot of skill to shoot 25 under in one week. I mean, you know playing professional golf and being pretty successful, like not every single week's your week. So to see these guys be able to go shoot 26 under on a really hard golf course and win a PGA Tour tournament, like, I mean, it's fun to watch. Like they make the game enjoyable making birdies instead of just grinding it out, making bogeys to win tournaments. Think of, think of it this way. Muirfield Village, they played two weeks back to back. First week, golf course is soft, rough's not that tall. They shoot a zillion under. The very next week, I think only one or two guys shoot single digits under par and that's just one week difference yeah. so yeah i think if you're going to do anything the ball you want to do something with the dimples where maybe it doesn't go as straight but i'm with you uh you know you get these guys and you too you all put the time in sit back and enjoy it i mean you know they talk about just because you hit it long you're going to dominate not necessarily you still got to get it in the hole you still got to putt you still got to score yeah, uh, and, and it's been it's it, it's a the game's in great hands. It's fun to watch it now. College golf is on TV. Uh, I think that helps young people to kind of like you said. Hey, we can do this. I can be on TV. Blah blah blah. But uh, I appreciate you taking some time with us, Hunter. This has been great. It's been great information. You've been really honest with us, and that's what I kind of want to do. I kind of end this on you know whether life or golf. You you only have one shot, but you know you took advantage of that Coach Webb and that extra shot, and you're taking advantage of it now. And we're proud of you. Uh, I couldn't be happy for the the way the guys are playing. You make us proud as alums, and uh, we I, I can't wait every week to watch y'all and how y'all play, and look forward to y'all getting back at it in the spring. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Thinking of me, um, definitely going to keep going, and hopefully we can get a ring on our finger at the end of this year. No, I'm sure you will, and you can get me if you can get me to 110. If I can get up to 110 or 113, I'd be really pretty impressed. I might even start playing again. We'll work on that club head speed for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We can do that. I don't know about those squats. I don't think that'll be any fun. But, Hunter, you be safe uh, and uh, have some good time in the off season, and we'll look forward to watching you all in the spring. 
All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy.